0: He is so incredibly worthy. It is so good to see you today. I'm honored to be standing in front of you today to be able to bring you the word of life, I believe, that God has given me to give to you. <clears throat> Amen. We're gonna fight some battles today. The dot of my message today is about threshold. 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 Let it echo in your mind a little bit, and, 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 uh, because the threshold of your destiny is going gonna, is gonna to take place by different significant moments in your life. A threshold is an, is an entryway, right? When you go across the threshold, you take your bride across the threshold, you're going through an entryway, an entry point. So think about that today as we do these things. We're going to talk about that today. Because in the 23rd Psalm, I want to go straight, straight down to, to uh, talk to you about Psalms 23 and 4. Because we're going to talk about the valley. We're going to talk about Death Valley today. I know all y'all are excited about being a church now. <laughs> talk, Pastor, I kind of get encouraged. I ain't coming to talk about Death Valley. This ain't a Western, you know but I promise you at the end based on, 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 on your, your mindset I, we're going to leave on, on, on a high side Okay, we're going to start off and, and climb this, this mountain together but Psalms 23 and um, 4 says um, it's, it's, in, the, it's this, in this chapter it's the longest verse in this entire chapter but it says even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me. Even though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, your rod and your staff comfort me. I want you to know if you're going to get to verse six, let's talk about verse six real fast. where it says, Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. If you're going to get to that goodness and mercy part, you're going to have to to go through verse four, through the valley and the shadow of death. You know, my spiritual mother, Jeannie Mayo, has always said, she said something was so powerful to me, and you're going to want to write this down or remember it or take a picture of the screen. But it says, you know, we don't make changes in our lives until we hurt enough to have to, we learn enough to want to, or we receive enough to be able to. Sadly, in my life, change normally comes from being hurt enough to want to. That's how. I'm stubborn, and uh, you know I I I don't I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to receive, but most of the time, changing my hurt makes me change. Does hurt make anybody else change? You know, you're like okay, you know, and so that's that's what happens. And so so in this threshold journey we're going to go through today, we're going to talk about about that. Now the key the thing I want you to hear first about this this today is that that this. This threshold journey, if you pay very closely attention, we, we think about it, and we, we read it, but it says, as we um, if walk, though we walk through the valley and shadow of death, we have to walk through it. See, in this 21st century, we want to run through stuff Hey, hustle up, hustle up, let's go, let's go, let's go. Everything's fast, everything's fast-paced. But, it, but when you go through a valley, you need to take time and you need to walk through the valley. Okay, we need to walk, but we're, but you know, now on the outside, I understand on the outside, we're at a strong pace. I'm always at a strong pace. I'm always at a fast pace. I'm always running on the outside. But lately, I've I've really, I'm really trying to understand and listen to, to my inner heart. And, and, and and even though on the outside, I'm all, I'm all, all out on the inside, I'm trying to slow my spirit man down and think and pay attention and be very, very, very cognitive of what's happening um, on the inside of me. Um, you won't change, um, but if you want to change what happens on the inside of your life, I mean, on the outside of your life, you've got to change the inside, okay? God works on the inside out. We look at the outside, but God looks at the inside, right? So we've got to understand that, but, but when you're going through these valleys and stuff, you, you, we, we, we normally typically want to run through them. I want to get out of this valley fast as I can, right? What's it all say? Uh, well, there's an old song, uh... I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk right out of this valley, lift my hands and praise the Lord. I ain't gonna let old Satan get me down, down, down. I'm gonna sit here till I. Uh, I'm not gonna sit here till I die. Heaven's are waiting a little bit high. It's an old song, anyway. I don't know. But if you really want to to, to grow in God, then when you're gonna to have to walk through these valleys. And I want, I want God to do something for all of us, not just you individual lives, but even us as a, as a, as a church. There's times that, we, even though we're a church and we're on fire for Jesus and we're changing the world, we're changing our community, there's going to be times that us as a group in here, as, as a church, that we go through valleys, right? You know, We're not in a valley right now, but you know, we're, we're still we're trusting God for, to, to continue to give us some money to open the door for us to be able to move to, to our next destination, but we're just trusting God. One thing we can't do in this in this it's not a valley, but this, this decision time where we're waiting on God, that waiting time, is we can't lose our excitement. We can't lose our zeal. We can't lose, lose the, 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 the vision. So many times we wait on God after a while, you, you, you lose the vision that he gave you. You lose the excitement for it. But we don't want to do that. But those people who, who live frantically through life are a whole lot less rememberable than those who live the slow life. Those people. Just just go, 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 go. You're like, okay, I don't even know what you're doing. I can't even keep up with you, you know? And they're not very, but but those people who walk slowly, they're they're not forgotten as easy because they they live significantly. They live on purpose. They're walking slowly through life, and they're like, you know what? And like I said, on the outside, we may have a strong pace, but in our spirit, man, we need to learn to slow that down, and that's so hard for me. But, but we're going we're to, you, know, we, you know, half this year is already over. This, this actually could be a, a January 1 message, actually. But through, it really could. But, but as you're going to go through the rest of this year and the rest of your life, you're going to have valleys that you're going to go through and things that are going to happen to you. And we have to slow down our internal pace. I, I've, I've tried to un, un, unpack a whole lot of stuff in my mind and, 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 and not just, like I said, I, I, if I don't run, I at least want to jog. I at least want to do that little walk where you do this right here, you know, where you swing your arm. I, you know, I'm like, I just don't like valleys, you know. I, ju- I just don't care for valleys, and I don't want to be there, uh, I, you know. And, 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 but I find out that when I slow down my spiritual intake, because what happens whenever you, whenever, it's like a haunted house. You've been in a haunted house before. You go through the haunted house, and somebody says, did you see that? Did you see that? You're like, No. Why? Because you just you didn't see nothing. You just wanted to get through the haunted house, right? You wanna to get to the man with a chain so you can threaten to kill him if he touched you and then go on to the other side. You know? You know, it's like, it's, like, it's like when you go on, at Christmas, if you go to a Christmas house, if you go to the Christmas tour downtown where you look at all the houses, you, and me and Gina went a couple years ago, it was just so beautiful when you walk around and look at all the houses downtown, and you look, and we, get, we were outside walking, and she goes, oh, did you see that tree in that room? I was like, no, because I was just like, I wanted, you, you want to see everything, right? You know, and so you just, you miss stuff. And so, you when we're in a valley, sometimes God's got big old signs in valleys, and we just, we just, there's a huge sign right there that said, be patient, or I got you, or trust me. Or there's a sign that says, hey, this is what you need to do. I feel like valleys, there's a, I feel like just, just sitting right there tonight, today, and we were singing and worthy. And if, I felt like God showed me that, and we're going to get to this at the end, and I just got to tell you now. There's a va- at the end of every valley, it becomes like a fork. And the, at the end of that fork, the, the, the threshold is not necessarily the valley it's when you leave the valley into the entry port. And if you see, if, if, if you see a fork, at the, end, at the end of the valley, there's like four or five directions. And, and based on where you go in, in that situation, that's going to be the destiny that you choose. And, I, and I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. But I want you to be thinking about that as we go. But here's the thing. Whenever often, when we speed too fast, you blur things that you don't want to face. We blur things. We're going so fast, things are blurred. We don't see what God's trying to show us. When, we need to, when we're in a valley, we need to stop and say, God, what are you trying to show me? Why am I here? What, what, what caused me to be here? Is this about me? Is this about you? Is this about growth? Is this about strength? Is this about endurance? But we're just like, me, me, and we're just gone. <laughs> the roadrunner. We're just, we're, just, we're just all, we're just taking off. But the thing is, is we, we, we can't race past stuff because sometimes God is, is 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 sometimes it's just not for your strength. Sometimes God is trying to reveal stuff in you. Sometimes God is trying to reveal things in you. And it may be, I, I found out myself, whenever I, I slow down, I start really realizing that, that the whole reason that I'm in a valley is because of my own insecurities, my own weakness, my own anxiety. And God's trying to deal with those things. And he's like, hey, you, you, I, I'm trying to deal with this, but you want to run on through this. And you know, what's going to happen is, yeah, you're going to run through it, and you're still going to be insecure, anxious, and, and fearful, and all the things that we all deal with. Y'all know I'm a real pastor. I ain't going to try to act like I'm all holier than y'all are because I'm not. We all deal with this. We all have these things. And so, so the thing is is, is, is God's trying to say, hey, still look at this right here deal with this insecurity deal with this fear deal with this this need for approval deal with whatever it may be and 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 i'm and we're just like moving right on through it and god's like i I designed this valley for you to learn and it's a death valley because you know we think all the time in the valley that something's trying to kill us the valley of the shadow of death that something's trying to kill us right well the thing is that sometimes we need to kill some things in the valley it's not always that something's trying to kill us. Now, I've been to the valley of shadow of death, and whether you believe it or not, I've been there in Israel, and there is a valley. I was just like, when he told me, he said, this is a stop. This is, a, I don't know, four years ago, I think we went. He said, this right here is a valley of the shadow of death. I was like, dude, I had no sinking clue there was really a place called that. But it was between cities, and the Bedouins, which were kind of like homeless people, nomads, they would be there. When people traveled that valley there, they would would rob them and that kind of stuff, okay? So that's where that came from. That's why I said, I will fear no evil. But we don't have to fear things. We're in the valley. That's what God's trying to tell us. Don't fear. Take your time. Know, and we're going to get to it in a minute, the next part, that I am with you, and take your time and walk with me, Okay? Walk with me. I think sometimes we use the speed of life and the speed of ministry and the speed of, of, of your job to self-medicate yourself. To, to stop yourself from thinking about your insecurities, your fears, your, your need for things, the need for people. You, 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 we, we move so fast. We're just like, I just got to go. I put my head down and just bury it and just go. And I won't think about these things. And I won't, I won't be re- my, 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 my inner fears won't be revealed. But we got to take our time and do that. So we go faster we do more we try to jump through these invisible hoops we try to do whatever we can to medicate ourselves and go on and God's like dude if you're going to run you can run right on out of this valley and lift your hands and praise the Lord but I'm going to stay in here and I'm going to wait on you because there's some things that we need to talk about but we're so hard trying to get out of the valley that we don't learn things that God's trying to show us you can't outrun death valley and because when you do you outpace the Lord you outpace God And, I mean, who wants to run in front of God? We we, we should walk side by side with him, right? We don't need to be running in front of him and say, come on, God. He's like, who's in charge here? Who is in charge here? You know, and when we stop and slow down, we need to start thinking, why, why do I feel this way? What made me do this? Why am I in this valley? Why, why did I respond the way I... What ticked me off so bad to get me here? Why am I in this valley? What is the situation, God? What, what do I... My inward spirit, what do I need to look at in my spirit to say, you know what, man, how do I... How, why, is this my fault? Sometimes it ain't got nothing to do with God. You put yourself in a valley. Now, God will still be with you. But he's like, now, let's... When you were a... a, a, a a child, and your 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 dad or your mom was with you to discipline. You ever heard them say, a the son or daughter, you know, you did this to yourself." <laughs> I've heard that a lot. My my mom's not feeling good today. She she's sick, and my dad he knows he said that before. But they're watching on live. But but <clears throat> the thing is, is that you know, but we so sometimes we cause ourselves to come in valleys, and God's like, "Okay, you put yourself here. Now let me help you help you get out." Before we get out, let me help you learn some things. So you won't be here again for the same situation. But for you to learn, you got to ask yourself some questions. Why am I here? What did I do to get here? What made me so mad? Why did I get so mad? What caused me to respond that way? What caused me to not want to face the situation and try to move on past it? Next. The next part. It says God, we, we feel in Death Valley, we feel like God won't give you, well, we know God won't give you enough. Why will he not give you enough? Because he is enough. It says, even though I walk through the valley and shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Those four pivotal words, you are with me. See, God won't give you enough because he is enough. In the valley, he wants you to learn to depend on him. We're so much of of a self self medicated self-help society that we want to handle things ourselves. so many times we don't even go to god in prayer we don't seek god we don't even read the bible about situations that we go through because i got this i can handle this i know the answer i've been through this again i know the answer and god's like you don't know the answer come let i am enough you are not enough you'll never be enough on your own but i am enough i am with you let your i'm here for a reason. Let me help you. Let me guide you. Let me mentor you. Let me, let me be by your side. But we're so many, so many times we're reaching, reaching, reaching. You know, if I could just have that, I could succeed. If I could just have that, I could be a better person. If I could just get that, if, if, if I could just get her, if I could just get him, if I could just get that, that, T-H-A-T, that big, huge word. And we, if we could just get that, and I'm here to tell you today, whatever your that is that you're reaching for is not enough. You think that that is going to satisfy you. Has anybody besides me ever wanted that? And then when you, once you got that, you were disappointed? <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you today, man, that God will never disappoint you. Let him be your that. Because in that, him, he is the I am everything. So let him be that for you. Praise God. So quit reaching Quit looking for that. Quit looking. Quit quit trying to get out of the valley so you can get back to your pursuit of that. Whether it's happiness, fame, fortune, money, things, cars, women, men, whatever. Whatever it is that you're after. Quit running after that. We all know that without faith it's impossible to please God. So let your that be some faith. Let your that be some, pl- some faith, because if you're not careful, well, it, no, it's not if you're not careful. That will always replace your dependence on God. That's why some of y'all, well, let's say some of us, some of us haven't won the lottery. Well, some of us don't because we don't play it. But that's, let's go back. <laughs> I don't want to have a of y'all going out, yeah, let's play some dice today. You know, no, that's why some of y'all ha- of us haven't won the national sweepstakes that comes in the mail. Because God knows we, that if we got, had enough money, we would quit depending on him for our substance. God knows. That's why some of, some people haven't got relationships yet with others, in, in, a guy, girl, girlfriend, boyfriend. Because God's like, you got to get it right with me first. You ain't right with me yet. After, after my first divorce, I, I went trying so hard to find somebody. Because I was like, I've been married and I want somebody. I want to be with somebody. I want some sugar. And I was going, and I couldn't find nobody. I couldn't find, I, I, I dated, and, I, and I was just, it was just nothing happened. Nothing worked. And finally, God, God was like, are you done yet? You have your little fun? You know, I went out and bought a, 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 a brand-new Camaro and tried to be cool and cruise the streets. I was, man, I was, I rock. You know. But, I, but, but, but so the thing is, is, is then, and then God's like, are you done? I'm like, yeah, God, I'm done. He's like, just focus on me. And so I focused all on God, and, I, and then Gina came back into my life. Of course, she came into my life when we were, like, teenagers. You know, and I tried to date her, and, and her mama says that she was too old for me. She's a year older than I am. <clears throat> I think your mama just didn't like me, okay? But now she calls me her son, so I know now she likes me. i like, that could have been all your life, but no, you didn't want so, but So she came. You know it was cool because she would she would we would have these little junior and senior proms and stuff at the church, you know. And so I would always ask her, and she always had another boyfriend to come. So I was like a G dog, I was an OG. So what I did was, you know, I would always bring a corsage, and right in front of her boyfriend, I presented it to her. I said, "I know you're not my date tonight, but I just want to give this to you." <laughs> so she walked around, and then she walked around because she secretly loved me. I know she did. So she walked around <laughs> with two of them, like Wonder Woman, but all these corsages and stuff. But so anyway, but when she came back in my life, when she came back in my life, you know, I, honestly, I looked at God. I was like, God, it's really cool now. I don't need her. I'm okay with you. I, I'm kind of enjoying this relationship now. And now I'm back in alignment with you the way I should. My life's where it should be at. I'm okay. And God's like, now, because it's okay now, now you can have her. Now, because you're the way you should be with me, now I'm giving you her. Before, you didn't want me. You wanted somebody. But now, I want to give you you. So anyway, so and the Israelites did the same thing. I was like, give me a girlfriend. Give me a girlfriend. The Israelites said, give give us a king. Uh Right? Give us a king. And God was like, well, if I give you a king, it's going to replace me. Because right now, that's not how it works. You know, I'm kind of the king. I'm kind of, they're like, we want a king like everybody else. We don't want. You know, we 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 don't want to deal with them. We you know, with earthly Saul, we want a king. But it says there in Psalms one oh six and fifteen, this word just flew past me every time I read this. I guess, but I always talk about, and God gave him a king, and it didn't work and stuff. But here it, it, it says one oh six fifteen, and God gave the children of Israel their request. Sometime, oh, you want it really that bad? If you want something that bad, God's like, okay, you can have it. And we have to learn. But when we get what we want instead of what God wants, what's this next part says? But he sent leanness in their souls. I ain't going to lie to you. I ain't seen that before. Leanness in their souls. i seen it. I just didn't really pay attention to it as being that big of a deal. But you get what you want. Then God's like, okay. Then that word leanness, I kind of looked it up. And and what what it really talks about is it's kind of the same thing that a disease does to your body. It eats your body away. So God says He's just going to let you and your own self, self, selfness, selfishness, selfishness, is just going to eat your soul away. So it says it says He sent leanness. So you can gain silver and lose if you if you if you gain silver and lose gold, that's a poor increase, right? But to win for the body and lose for the soul is a whole lot worse. And that's what we do. We want a win for the body, a win for the flesh, a win for how I look, a win for, for what people think of me, a win for, for, uh, for the approval, a win for, for, for that I'm, I'm, I'm productive, a win that, that I am popular, a win that I am um, um, uh, climbing a corporate ladder, whatever it is that you're doing, and, and a win for that, but the, our soul is becoming lean because we're not depending on God. And until your faith is tested, it's only a theory. You have to to allow your faith to be tested to really come come through to realize for it to become a fact. So what dies or shrinks in the the valley of death? Lots of things on the outside. Because when you're in the valley of death and you start dealing with things and start taking your time, things on the outside start falling off. Fear, anxiety, all these things start falling off on the outside because we've dealt with the inside. God deals with the inside out. We try so hard to deal with the symptoms on the outside and, oh, Lord, help me fix my pride. But God's like, well, that's on the inside. That's not an outside thing. It's what's happened on the inside pushes out through the outside, okay? But so many times we have all tried to use our bag of tricks to make it through Death Valley. Well, I'm a good speaker. Well, you know, I'm I'm very popular funny well I, I can lead worship or i can i can i'm a tech net tech genius or or I, I got a lot of leadership giftings or i used to do this i used to have this job or or i was a CEO. whatever it is we pull out our, our little bag of tricks and when we go through hard times we try to use our giftings and our talents to, to help us through the valley but god walks through the valley and god does god god is not concerned about that the valley will eat up your greatness the valley will eat your greatness up and your little bag of tricks up for lunch because it's not about that. It's about the inside. Matter of fact, if we bring our little bag of tricks and how how good we are and how awesome we are into the valley, we'll probably lose them because it's all on the inside. And we have to know that it's not about that. So what is it? We try to talk our way. We try to work our way out of the valley. We try to joke our way out of the valley. We try to pretend that it doesn't really hurt. I'm a horrible pretender. If I hurt, you know it. If I'm sad, you know it. The valley will always mock your external greatness. You might be the most talented person in this church. You might be the most put-together person in this church, but God still says, let's go deeper. We can all learn from the valley. The Lord loves you that he won't, he won't let you, he, he don't, he's not going to depend on your bag of tricks and your gifts. He wants you to learn, and I mean really learn and depend on him. Totally dependent on him. Why? Because God don't want your anchor to be that bag of tricks, that big old heavy bag of tricks that we have that we think that we're all great. He wants to be our anchor. He wants to be the anchor of our soul, okay? Because if, if, all, that, if all them other things went away, are we still going to be okay? If you lost your ability to speak and to be funny and to teach and preach and, and you lost your ability to lead and you lost your ability to, to, to do the things that you do in your job and you lost the ability to do all the things that you do, would you really be okay? No, because those things anchor us. We've got, we've got to use those things for God's glory, but we've got to let Christ be the anchor of our soul, God isn't distracted by our talents. He wants to fix who we are on the inside first. Next. Inside of us, God wants to create an Invictus trajectory. Invictus, a life pathway of an unconquerable spirit. Invictus, there's a a story I'll talk about in a minute, a movie called Invictus, and it it means unconquerable spirit. That's what it means In Latin. When, we were, at, when, we were, at, when we we're at an inflection point, let me read this, when we we're at an inflection point, which, is, which was, is going to create, it'll create a trajectory change, either positive or negative. An inflection point is where two ob- objects collide, okay, and it changes the direction you're in. And a tra- tra- trajectory is a directional course, course or path of direction that the object or person thereby takes. So when you get in a valley, there's going to be a clash. You and the enemy, y'all gonna clash in the valley. And then all of a sudden, you got them prongs at the end, them four or five piece fork that when you're gonna clash in the end, and where's that gonna put you at? There's a threshold right there outside of the valley. Which which path are you gonna take? Did that valley make you better? Or you might not have thought about it. Did you know that a valley can put you in a worse situation if you're not careful? It can put you in more of a funk. It can make you more depressed, more anxious. It can make you more fearful. If you don't deal with it, you're just going right on through it, and because and that, that, that collision can put you on, if you don't handle the collision towards God, then that collision is going to, going to jerk you over to another side that you don't need to be a part of. Let me tell you who has the greatest invictive spirit that I think in the, in the Bible, evictus. It's, it's, it's David, and he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, or I shall not walk in King James. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, that's, that's Invictus right there. That's, that's an unconquerable spirit. And there's times, as we all know, that David got weak. But, man, he always ended up on top. He always ended up conquering whatever. There was a, there was a movie. There was a movie in 2009 that came out. It was called Invictus. It was about Nelson Mandela. And he was a, he was a president of South Africa. But he was in, in prison for 27 years for, for, for protests and racial inequality um, in Africa. Uh, Nelson Mandela was kind of like the, the, the Martin Luther King of the United States. He was a fighter for them, for, for, uh, for equality, and for one another. Um, and one of his fav- famous, famous writings that, he, that Nelson Mandela read all the time when he was in prison was a, a poem called Invictus, which is Unconquerable Spirit. It was, it was uh, written in the 1800s by a man named William Henley. At the age of 12, Henley came down with, listen to this. I know, I know, I know uh, that, that we have some people here that have some, some knee problems. Daryl has some knee issues, but, but listen to this, Daryl. It said that he had tuberculosis of the bone. The doctors told him that, that if they didn't do something, that he would die. So the only option they had was to amputate both of his legs. Now let me tell you something. In the 1800s, they didn't have anesthesia. It was just local stuff, even a fat. It, I just can't, I can't understand the, the pain of, of that with no anesthesia. But it was a big ordeal, and, and, and it was a lengthy operation. And the doctors, do, doctors told him, if you could come up, Don, please. The doctors told him that he would, he would not live long after that surgery even. But he lived until the age of 53. And he wrote a poem called Invictus. And it was Nelson Mandela's favorite movie. And I had I had a little clip, but it's just it's just too much, and there's too much going on, and I haven't got enough time. But but that's the movie was named Invictus because of that. And here I just want to read a little portion of what Invictus says. It says, Out of the night that covers me, black as a pit from pole to pole, I thank God who uncovers me for my unconquerable soul. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. We have to. We have to take control of our soul and give it to God, and, and walk and, and and ask Him to, to be the, the God of our soul and give us an unconquerable spirit. The rug, the rugby team to fight, and it was it was huge racial situations back then, and and in, in, in South Africa, and and they were they were getting ready to go fight, and Nelson Mandela went into the into the room and talked to the rugby team. Um, and, and, and walked in, and talked to them, and, and told them, hey, y'all are fighting for everybody because most of the rugby team was white, and so when the other team came out, they were cheering for the other team even because they just didn't because there was so much racial incidences. But they came out in 1995, and they and he came out and he had on a rugby shirt of the team, and he stood there with them, and it it made, it, made, it meant so much difference to 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 all of South Africa in that moment. They all came together as one, and to make a long story short, they won the rugby. Um, cup at that, that, that year and, and everything the whole, hit, the, whole, the whole country was healed in that moment and, and all of a sudden they all became one the white South Africans and the black South Africans they were all South Africans and proud to be that they were one. I, went, I wish we could have this kind of moment today, don't you? That we could all come together as one like that. And the thing, I was watching last night some, some news reports on how it happened. And it was everybody was saying, oh, thank God for this day. Thank God that we're one. Thank God that we're, we're together. Thank God there's, there's no divide in South Africa, that we're all together. It was such a powerful moment. But the thing was, there was the, the team captain, Francois, was the team captain. And he's the one who... who uh, Nelson Mandela talked to, and matter of fact, they went, you know, before the rugby match, they went to the prison where he was at, um, and they, he saw right there where, where, where Mandela was in the room. <clears throat> and there was seven minutes left in the game, and Francois looked, he got his team together and said, listen, listen to me now, listen to me clear. And he was sitting there. They were in a valley. In this big, huge, massive stadium, they were were in a valley, and they were all down there in the valley because there was all kind of divide, everybody was against them, they were like, oh my gosh. And so they were all down there, and he said, listen, this is our destiny. What we do right here is going to make a difference for the the end, for our country. This is our destiny. We got seven minutes to fight, let's fight for the seven minutes. And he went on and went on and went on, to this is our destiny. And they went on to win the, the, the World Cup. And if you'll look very carefully, in every, in every breakdown, there's a breakthrough. And every breakdown you have, there's always a breakthrough available to you. And they hit, that, they hit that divide, and there was a divide, a racial divide, and they hit that. And all of a sudden, they're like, which tra- tra- trajectory is this going to take us? And Nelson Mandela says, I'm going to help take the trajectory the right direction. And he did what he needed to do as president to make it work, so that, therefore, the whole entire, the whole entire team can get together, the whole entire country can get together. And when you're in valleys, it creates balconies. Just like they were in a valley, but those are around them. Anywhere you're in a valley, there's, there's balconies of, of mountains beside you, right? Every, every time, because a valley's low, so that means there's stuff high. Well, the Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about the eternal balconies. And Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 guarantees us that there's people looking over us. Your family members are looking over you cheering you on believing in you Paul Peter John Moses Esther Ruth Billy Graham, they're all leaning over now saying, man, I'm at the game, I'm on the bench, I'm, but they're looking over us, looking at us and saying, hey, man, you know, hey, you do this, do this, do this. What? Pastor Doug, let me read it in chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us so so the sin and so the, and the sin that so easily besets us or entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked before us. So when you go through these valleys, I want you to know you're not alone. You feel alone in valleys. I know I do. But from this day forward, I want you to think about something. When you go through these valleys and you're about to have that invictive spirit and you're trying to slow down and deal with stuff, when, I want you to know that, that, that all of heaven, all your family in heaven, all of, all of heaven itself is rooting us all on at Kingdom Life and so on and so on and said, hey, I want you to win. You're doing good. Keep it up matter of fact would you all stand I want to put it in your mind right now it may be silly for some but I want you to just everybody in here please everybody stand up go ahead and play that if you would when you're going through a valley you got Abraham Isaac and Jacob all up in, there in our heaven or saying hey let me in hey God let me go back down let me do something and, and God's like you know what no no this is kingdom life's time this is Jay's time this is Curtis's time. This, this is Donna's time. This is, they're in the game. They're in the very end. They're at the last quarter. And Whether you believe it or not, I don't know. But hey, we're at the end of life. We're in the fourth quarter of life. God's going to gonna come back before long. And I want you to listen to, to the screaming voices around you because in heaven, that's what's happening. Your family in heaven is cheering you on, those that have passed. They're looking down on you and saying, Hey, man, you can do this. Keep it up. You're never alone in the valley. You feel like you're alone in the valley, but you're not. They're all saying, hey, and God's like, no, stand back, stand back. I know y'all wanna go in the game. I know you think you're good, but you know what? Kingdom life's got the ball now and they're gonna run it to the end zone. Amen. One of you is a part of that. So when you're in there, I want you to think about, man, somebody's cheering me on. I want you to know that I'm cheering you on. When you're going through hell, you're going through a valley, Pastor Doug's cheering you on call me, let me know when you're dealing with stuff you're not hurting me, you're making me excited that I can do my job, I want to be in your life, I want to be there for you, I want to cheer for you, I want to encourage you and so does everybody in heaven the Bible says that we're surrounded by a great crowd of of witnesses matter of fact it says also, it says right here in in Hebrews 12 and 1 it says, let's see let me find it here, I'm way past my message here it says Leave it all on on the field. Let's see here. Let, Let me find it. Amen. Praise God. With all this going on, my dear friends, stand your ground. Do not hold back. Throw yourselves in the work of the Master, confident that nothing you do for Him is a waste of time or effort. So I just want you to know, when you're going through a time you feel like you're alone listen everybody in heaven the bible says you're like i don't know people listen the bible says every time i somebody get saved that all of heaven rejoices so they're they are man they're cheering us on they're there's like come on god is always cheering you on holy spirit's cheering you on he's here with you helping you guiding you jesus is cheering you on i'm cheering you on when you go through these valleys, stop. Take your time. Say, God, what do I need to learn? What, what do I need to take out of this so I can get out of here and take the right path and I can have an evicted spirit and nothing's going to conquer me? I want to have the unconquerable spirit. I don't want the enemy to win on any level in my life. No matter what happens to me, when, when he hits me, if I'm supposed to go straight, he can, I don't care how big the enemy is, he can hit me over and over again and I want to stand solid like the rock. But if God is trying to, to do something and God wants me to go over here, then I want to flow with that as well. So what, just think about the threshold when you're going through valleys. This is the threshold. This right here is a threshold to an entryway that's going to direct my destiny somewhere. And I want to have an evicted spirit and not allow the enemy to come and destroy me. Help me, Father, to grow from this, to get stronger. Help me to take time and walk through the valley so I can say, God, what are you trying to tell me? What do I need to learn? What do I need to do? What's gonna make a difference? Would you buy your hand close your eyes? If you're that person today and you say, Pastor Doug, pray that I have the unconquerable spirit. I am able to have an unconquerable spirit that whenever I'm in the valley, I can slow down and I won't be fast and I won't be, be moving, God trying to run and try to speed blur, but I want to have an unconquerable spirit. When I go, pray that I'll be able to slow down my pace in my spirit, man, and I'll be able to see what God has for me. Anybody in here want that prayer? Yes, 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 yes. Almost every hand. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you today for threshold. Thank you, God, that 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 entry point, God, that we can, yeah, we can go on that fast on the outside a little bit, but God, help us always take time to slow down our inner soul, our inner heart, So when we go through situations, we can stop and reflect and deal with things in our life. You want a healthy church, Lord. And you want kingdom Life to be healthy. And everybody in here to be healthy. So Lord, for us to be healthy, we got to deal with things. We can't always brush them off. We can't always speed through life. We can't always act like we don't see it. We can't always act like it don't hurt. We can't always act like, like, oh, I got this. We can't always pull our bag of tricks But we shouldn't never pull our bag of tricks, Father, and try to act like we got this without you. Father, I want you to know as a pastor of this church that I depend on you, that I need you, and I submit to you. And I know nothing I have in my bag of tricks is anywhere close to being what you want to use to help me get through valleys. I depend on you, Father. Give me an evictive spirit. Give our church an evictive spirit. Give everybody in here a evictive spirit and those watching online. Give them an evictive spirit, Father, that we can have an unconquerable soul, that we can walk through these thresholds, God, and, and that, that we'll, we'll, we'll stop and pause and thank God and know that you are with us. You said you'll never leave us or forsake us. God, help us to know that and help us leave here today encouraged to say, you know what? Somebody's fighting for me. Somebody's cheering me on. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise God.